0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: You know, Rebel Radio is supported by Upside.com. If you travel for business like I do, man, I've been on the road. I was in Atlanta. Just the last month, I was in Atlanta mexico i was in napa new york i'm all over the place and uh you know anything that makes it easier or saves money is great upside.com does both it's you 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 can find the best prices on flights hotels rental cars the service is amazing you can contact them through the app the website phone email really any any way you want to get a hold of them is, is pretty easy and the craziest thing is there's gift cards to places like amazon.com every time you make a purchase of business travel through, through them, not just the first time or anything like that. If you use my code REBEL, um, you'll get a minimum $100 gift card to amazon.com, which is pretty wild. So go to upside.com, use the code REBEL, and there's a minimum purchase required. See the site for details.
2: Hey, this is Justin. You're listening to my dad on Rebel Radio.
0: (laughs) What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf.
2: It's your boy. It's okay.
0: Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say, Rebel Radio?
1: Oh, wait. Let's do it again.
0: Rebel Radio.
1: What's up Rebels, welcome back to Rebel Radio, I'm your host Josh Levine, and every week I talk to the Rebels who are shaping youth culture, and we find out how they do it. This is the only show that features new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. This week my guest is Corey McGuire, he's the founder of Winston House. If you're from LA and you're out and about, you might be familiar with Winston House, it's actually Corey's House in Venice. Um, And for the last couple years, he's been hosting private concerts in his living room. He's got up-and-coming artists. He's had some of the biggest artists in the world. You're going to hear some household names in this interview that have come through and done free shows where they asked to get on um, and just do their thing at Winston House. It's a really cool environment. And Corey talks about his approach to building a community and, and trying to really do something special for artists and for... the fans that want to discover new talent he also kind of takes us through his bigger vision where he's going with this and and how he's also at the same time trying to stay small and have a really intimate feel it's a really cool uh, journey that Corey's on i'm excited that we get to dig into it here let's do that right after our edm.com track of the week
0: Thinks I only want hair on a Saturday night, but tell do no, 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 that just you right, through every disco where I go, there ain't no other I care to know. Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, if I could have my way, I'd be with you every day.
1: that was aristo g with only on weekends your edm.com track of the week that's on the echelon label part of the echelon collective get over to soundcloud.com slash this is echelon for more great music like that and right now let's get into the interview with Corey mcguire thanks for doing this man i'm excited you know i told you already i've been a fan since I kind of first stumbled on Winston House and now I have been here a couple of times. Um, you know, I keep telling people how great it is and I, I, it's funny because it's one of those things, we are just talking about Coachella, but it's one of those things that like you can kind of describe it, but until you're there right. and experience it for yourself, you sort of don't get it, which, which I think is always a cool thing Yeah, that uh, people have to kind of discover on their own. How, uh, how do you describe it to people? I mean, I just say it's it's like a dude doing concerts out of his living room, right? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's one way to talk about it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty on the news. But you know,
2: I, I know it's kind of more than that, like totally, yeah. But, but yeah, there's there's so it's like a, that's a very very, uh, that's that's yeah, that's just what it is.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I I think the funny thing is that, um, like, truly, it was just contracts out of the living out of her living room like yeah. at the very beginning
0: well i've been afraid of changing because i i built my
2: life around you time makes you older and children get older i'm getting older
1: Oh, I'm getting older too
2: uh, I guess like the community and the brand has starting to take on more of a life of its own and there's in some ways like this like outsized perception of what it is but uh, I think the reason for that is, in some ways, less about the shows, mm-hmm. um, but more about the fact that we have, like, a, a core group of people um, that are just really, really great people. Like, mm-hmm. And a lot of them are, you know, they're just at the beginning of their careers, but they're doing amazing things, they're working really hard, mm-hmm. and they're all friends together. Yeah. And that energy is uh, kind of the the basis of all of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I want to talk about that and kind of how that happens. Um, but I want to start back kind of way before all that happened. And uh, talk about you a little bit. Yeah. Um, how how you how would you get into music? And do you remember the first record you ever bought? Mm.
2: Well, I got into music because my parents forced me to play piano. Okay. That was like kind of my start with it. And how old was that? Probably like six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, six. I think I took lessons until I was 14. So I took I took oh, piano okay. lessons for a long time. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, I always, I always tell people I'm not nearly as technically proficient as I should be for having done it for so long. but it's a long I, time ago. Well, yeah, but it was also, I I heard, my piano teacher was really cool. Yeah. Um, in that, one, I just, like, wasn't really into the whole, like, music theory thing and, like, uh, practicing the lessons. But she encouraged me to write a lot. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I think a lot of, like, my creative thinking or kind of, like, non-linear thinking comes from that. Mm. Um, it's it's something that, I guess I attribute it to that largely because I, I read things and say, oh, yeah, if you can, like, do that, if you, music allows yeah. you to think this way. I'm yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. That kind of makes sense. But uh, Interesting. I have I've no, like, I guess hard data to prove that. But I I always say that, you know, my piano teacher and taking those lessons helped a lot, and then, uh, yeah, but other than that, I actually don't remember that much music growing up. Like, my dad definitely liked his music. My mom's, like, in some ways not that into it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, when she came and saw, like, you know, Ed Sheeran at the house, that was her first show at Winston House ever. She didn't know who he was. And so nice. uh, that's kind of my, my mom. But, uh, yeah. And then the first record, I think it was, I think it was like a, when I was younger, like a, a new, a, like, you know, the, the Christian band Newsboys. No, yeah. I think I think I got one of their albums pretty early. Okay. I actually remember getting Lincoln Park record. That, Is that right? That I I bought without permission and I, <laughs> I you know said the f word. And I think my mom maybe toss it at one yeah. point. And then. That's funny. But the one that I remember most, like vividly, going to the store and buy, buying was actually in high school when I went to. There's a, a chain called Fred Meyer in the mm. Pacific Northwest. I I went there. I think my mom literally drove me there, and I got Stadium Arcadium. Okay. And I had I had already heard Danny California because I got it on iTunes before the album came out. But mm-hmm. um, then, but then so I skipped right past it when I got the record and, and put it in the car. Then the second track is that song Snow. Mm. That was like that amazing, uh, like guitar riff at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I was like, they did it again. That's <laughs> I, cool. I, I loved the Chili Peppers in high school. Like yeah, uh, California is probably like my most memorable music moment. Like the first time I've ever heard California Cation, right? which is probably like. 10 years after it came out yeah. um but uh, when I heard that song I was, that was like game changing for me
1: that's funny so was that like you you sort of recognize that as like your music
2: yeah I mean I think that I had a point in high school literally my sophomore year of high school um my sister still jokes about it I, I had like Eighteen songs are my favorite songs by the Chili Peppers, and mm. it was the only CD allowed to be played in my car. No way. Yeah, oh, like I, I, and I like I had this strong stance that it was the only good music in the world. I just would defend
1: them um, against anything and anyone, and so, then. So that's so funny. Like I mean, it's weird. I woke up this morning at like five thirty. Not on purpose, right. um, <laughs> and and the first thought going through my head was like, this trip I took to Europe when I was eighteen. And I had my Walkman and I had like, you know, you take a Walkman and you could only bring so many cassettes with you because right. you had to carry them. So I had like four cassettes on this month long trip. Got to choose carefully. Yeah. And I remember like, and it's weird, like one was this rapper Def Jeff, who was like this guy from LA that nobody remembers if you're not yeah, into that thing. Like he never, you know, crossed over or anything like that. And, uh, and then a couple others, but like. Um but I just thought like what a weird thing first of all I, at that moment I was thinking what a weird tape to choose to bring you know and then but also I was thinking about like kind of what you're saying like you've had that time in your life where you're like well this is the only stuff I want to hear yeah
0: Give me that microphone and sit down, cause a brother like me is known to get down, so get and your find is designing your sight to the blind and enlighten the mind and the lines are range in a strange unorthodox out that knocks you out the box and blocks the competition on a mission fish in an empty tank coming up blank crank the drums up so i can hear it and it sums up the thumbs up and i'm dropping it heavy like lead with you pick the perfect poet out the patch any scratches i make the
1: word right and you and everything else sucks and it yeah. you know and then that changes and and all that but how much does that happen anymore? I know you're, you know, through Winston House, you're in touch with tons of young music fans, yeah. and, and and now we don't have that problem. We can carry every song, you know, that's available digitally, mm-hmm. you know, at once. Uh,
2: I think that I'm still kind of the personality that gets, like, wrapped up on a song. Mm. Like, for example, uh. One of my friends, uh, Corey Harper, who's been you know involved in now since day one. Yeah. Um, he's. He has I, I, I like all of his music and uh, you know i yeah I think he's gonna be really successful. But it's funny he has these two songs that he hasn't put out um, that he's going to. But these two songs he hasn't put out. Mm-hmm. And my personality is still to be like I think I've listened to both of them like collectively a hundred times on iTunes. Wow. I can see the count. They're not on yeah. Spotify yet. Yeah. And so like. I'll just I'll literally put it on, like, almost, like, repeat and just keep listening. And so, I think that's, like, a little bit my personality. Yeah. Um, and I do hear a lot of music now. Like, I'm exposed like, sure. to, like, so much music. But yeah. I still, in some ways, I'm not that uh, adventurous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, so, I'm so busy, kind of like the thing that I have. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the only music I can listen to uh, working is Bonnie Bear. Is that right? And, yeah, for a year, so, again, for a year straight, my... F- Sophomore year of college, I guess four years after the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Uh, when I first heard the album "Before I'm a Forever Ago," I remember where I was sitting when I heard "Skinny Love," and that was I just I used to listen to music when I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And I listened to that that album every single night. Really. Um, truly, yeah. I don't know if we would miss a night. Yeah. Um, that's funny. And uh, and so and, and to this day, that's like the only music I can listen to. That's like doesn't distract me while I'm working mm. and so yeah I'm, pre- I'm pretty safe with my musical choice and I still okay. get pretty like kind of like aggressively into like the one thing yeah. like I'm not I'm not a really a big playlist guy like uh-huh. I, don't, I don't follow any Spotify or Apple playlists or anything
1: yeah um, that's interesting. interesting so do you remember the first uh, live show you went to e- I think the first one that
2: counts was actually my senior year of high school okay um and I didn't even see it at my, I grew up in Vancouver, Washington. Um, but I, I bought a ticket with two friends and we flew to L.A. That was actually my first time ever coming wow. to L.A., I think. Yeah. And. It's a big uh, trip when you were in high school. Yeah, it was. It was a really big trip. Um, and we came down and saw Coldplay oh, on cool. the Viva La Vida tour. Nice. Um, have you seen Coldplay live? No. Yeah, it's... it's uh-huh. It's something, man. I mean, yeah. it's it's it is. They're one of those bands, obviously. Like, I mean, I guess it's very obvious because they're one of the biggest bands ever, probably. But mm-hmm. there's so many hit songs. Yeah. And they're yeah, like, Chris is like insane energy live, and so, and uh, that that was that was a very cool experience. But mm. yeah, like that that's what I was saying. Like music wasn't really like that. Um, sure. Thing I was exposed to in a way.
1: Yeah. Um But then you you got in the business. Of, well, now you're in the business of. Creating producing live shows right um, yeah and so how did that but you were doing this before you were doing that before Winston house right yes
2: and no um, so basically what happened is I went in college I got uh, really passionate about nonprofit fundraising okay. and
1: any particular causes or just the uh,
2: well I watched a video uh, from the nonprofit charity water okay um, yeah so it was with Scott Harrison and so initially it was clean water and I liked clean water I like the whole charity water thing is um both because like from like a it was so such a simple story and like so marketable mm-hmm. um and then uh, then also yeah it's like I like how they communicated like the size of the problem and like but also like how solvable it was mm-hmm. um and I, I think Frank I was, like I like Scott Harrison like I was I was joking around with people I was, like yeah this whole thing started because I wanted to be Scott Harrison people have like their different like aisles I was like that's the guy that like. Had a bunch of cool things happening, and walked away from it to do something else to help others. Yeah. And uh, that that was really cool to me at the time, um, still is. But uh, that was kind of a spark for me. And so yeah, like basically getting excited about doing clean water projects and started having ideas about how to use uh, like music um, and art to get other young people involved in fundraising and raising awareness for those causes. Yeah. Um, and that was actually inspired <clears throat> by in part by a festival and like a kind of mix between like a festival and crowdfunding Mm -hmm. so the the, the idea I had was I went around campus and got a bunch of students that are on campus that played music and said hey I want to like you know support this cause and I want each of you to record a song um and basically give me an unreleased song. And oh, wow. so some, some of these guys were just like, you know, if my friends play guitar, like yeah. I wasn't, and some of them sure. were like actual bands on campus. So we went into the, the there's a recording studio on campus, and literally, I, I met my first musician when we started this project, so I wasn't involved in this scene, but I met mm-hmm. like, uh, it was Gabriel Mutch and Caleb Talbert were the two first guys that are, um, and they're, I think, yeah, they're both still doing music in Friday yeah. Ways up in Seattle, but uh, yeah. actually Caleb just moved here, so I uh, nice. So, yeah, this, this was in 2000, uh, two, 2012, and, uh, yeah, the idea was to go get all these songs recorded with, like, 12 uh, uh, students on campus, mm-hmm. and then I kind of gathered all the songs, put up a website, and then printed out a bunch of flyers, and the idea was to have a 24-hour campaign going around to different students on campus saying, we're trying to raise $1,000 for this clean water project, here's the impact it's going to have and uh, we've got all these songs recorded by your peers but the only way you're going to hear them is if we collectively hit the thousand dollar goal. Nice. So that was the concept yeah the first one was a thousand dollars the next one was ten and um, that's ultimately what kind of brought me down to LA and started getting into this world and like um, we did well it was it was kind of random because I'd never listened to music but we did a campaign with the, the artist uh, mm-hmm. Korn mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is it jeremy davis jonathan jonathan thank you jonathan yeah. davis um yeah jonathan davis and it was for his son who has diabetes oh wow um we did a uh, this really really cool campaign and like literally the video is still on youtube and it was like a really touching video and so started doing campaigns like that where we got to help out some bigger artists and you know, that one i think raised like you know hundred and four thousand um, dollars nice and so it was still that idea of like Corn had a unreleased song. Mm-hmm. We put some other rewards on. And it's like the way to hear this song is to donate and help hit the goal, the fundraising goal of a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, um, and I realize now that's what I wanted to do, and I just part of the reason that all of that led into Winston House is the realization of like, oh, actually, this is how I want to create a brand. But the thing that I wanted to be different around the nonprofit stuff we were doing in music is I wanted to create like a real brand that people loved and mm-hmm. a, kind of an intermediary intermediary. Uh, brand. There were musicians who felt comfortable going through that brand to support causes, whether it was through tech solutions or it was, like, they felt proud to wear the shirt. Uh, and it was creating content. And yeah. and uh, ultimately, like, you know, I made, I feel like we made a lot of mistakes as we were trying to build that and fell short on a lot of things, but a lot of the ideas and lessons learned from that, it's kind of, I just like, alright, I'm dumping that into the next thing. So give me a
1: key kind of mistake, and then what'd you, what'd you change based on that? Yeah, so... Oh, dude, we could talk for 10 hours about this, but
2: <laughs> I'd say that one really, really big one that had a direct impact on what Witness Announce is, at the beginning of, uh, that project was called Rally Song. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of Rally Song, <clears throat> the thing that was unique about us is that we were getting college students involved in causes, mm-hmm. and that we were doing it on a very kind of grassroots level, even though it was online, we are doing it on a mm-hmm. grassroots level. And frankly, like I wanted to do bigger things faster yeah. and wanted to, I had these big ambitions. I to do the largest crowdfunding campaign ever and all these ideas. And I realized part, a lot of that was kind of just like um, ego and me wanting to like be cool. And frankly, like, I, I skipped a bunch of steps mm. um, and got to the point where I was, we kind of just became like a, even though we did like some cool campaigns, like that thing with Jonathan, we did one with Jack Johnson, did like mm-hmm. some things like that. I wasn't really building like like this uh, deep relationship or emotional tie between what I was doing as a brand with what they were doing. Yeah. And then also, you're kind of becoming a service provider to these artists, which mm-hmm. is a valuable thing. But it's not what made what got me excited at the beginning, and so. And and frankly, I was like, man. It, I looked back, if we had just stayed focused on getting college students involved in nonprofits mm-hmm. through our brand and kept making some our brands something the young people felt passionate about, mm-hmm. we would have been so powerful in what we were doing because we could have attracted the big acts and those things because we had something to offer, which was a young audience. Yeah. And yeah. so, basically, I was like, I think the lesson from that is like, it's like, yeah, like don't 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 skip steps. Don't go too big. Don't change what you're doing to go big faster. Like stay true to like that core thing that made it special and unique at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Winston House was that is like how do I get young people involved in something positive? Like yeah. that's that idea is central to to Winston House.
1: What's up, y'all? I'm very excited to tell you about a new sponsor for Rebel Radio. I've been a fan of audible.com for years. I probably have. I don't know, at least 100 books in my library. Um, I'm into fiction. I'm into business books. I'm into self-help, personal development. That's most of my listening, and Audible.com has an incredible selection, Unmatched. Um, Really, any book that I've looked for, I've generally found it. Uh, The last book I I just finished listening to was called 10% Happier by Dan Harris. He's an ABC Evening News anchor and he talked about discovering meditation after having a live panic attack on TV. It's a great story, kind of taught me a bit about meditation and just really entertaining. I recommend that book, and I definitely recommend signing up for audible.com. I listen uh, when I go to the gym, I listen on on my way to work, on my commute. If I'm on a plane, you guys know I travel a lot, so I, I basically turn all that sitting around time into reading time listening time and it gives me the opportunity i'll probably go through a book a week get over to audible.com rebel there's a special offer for a 30-day free trial you can discover audible.com for yourself definitely leave us a note and let us know what you're listening to i'd love to hear that and uh make sure you make good use of it audible.com rebel So tell me about the vision for Winston House and specifically, did that come together like, you know, all at once? Did you sit down over a weekend and map it all out or or is it something that just sort of took shape over time?
2: Yeah, it's definitely both. Okay, There's a lot of... Yeah, it it's funny, man. There's it. It feels like one of those things, like that it truly has been kind of fifty fifty. Like so much like lucky things that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so much serendipity, and then also like, I clearly had like the thing that we're starting to become. We had thought about this, and it was uh, it was I, I could describe it in a couple words, and like and I mean and and really simply the the idea was like you know there's different communities and we'll call real estate projects that exist out there for communities from so house and mm-hmm. house to summit series. Yeah. Um, and I basically had this thing in my head where I was like, man, as, as more and more people, uh, opt out of college, opt out of church, opt out of going to bars, um, to meet people and as they, they work freelance and so mm-hmm. they're outside of corporate structure, mm-hmm. just, Physical space has more, uh, using physical space in new ways has more and more of a role to play in, mm-hmm. in society specifically. I, I thought like creative industries and yeah. So I'd seen the power of some of these other groups, but I, I saw like groups like Summit Series where they didn't have a strong local presence through real estate, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I saw that you know groups like Soho House just don't have. Um, like the values, uh, they they don't have a set of values that. Right. I really aligned with. I like going to Sew House, but it's not like a brand that I'm like passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and by the way, those those values are things like, like creating a sense of camaraderie and paying it forward and creating an environment that's for f- like kind of building people up and fostering creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had the idea to go and do that and I actually didn't think it was going to be in this space. At the time, what is now Winston House was place where I was living with a bunch of friends. We had been working on things like Rally Song and other projects and just mm-hmm. living here. Here in this. In this in this very house, this yeah. yeah. And we actually we called it Winston House between our friends, but it wasn't like there was zero plan of it being like oh, really? a brand or a business yeah. or anything like that. It was just like I, I gave it the name. We had to set up an LLC to rent it and I mm-hmm. called it Winston House because that was my dog's name growing up. <laughs> um, and uh, we Yes, and it was kind of so I had the idea and kind of something in that area where it's like, yeah, I want to be bigger than a Starbucks, smaller than a sew house, and have like this community sense to it. Mm -hmm. My thought was I was going to like either keep living here with a bunch of friends or just end the lease here and go and raise money to actually do a commercial project and have like a membership based business. And so that was that that part was thought out. Okay. The part where it started to be kind of a happy accident was that um, uh, Corey Harper, who I mentioned earlier, who at the time, this is summer of twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. He had been living in uh, Eugene, Oregon, going to college, and he basically he, he dropped out. And his sister asked, called me and asked, "Hey, can you help help him out? And he's trying to get into music." They're family friends, you know, I grew up with them. Harper's mm-hmm. a really good friend of my little brother. Uh, I and I, I just you know literally he actually came and slept in this room that we're doing this interview right now. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't there's was no couches. It might have been carpet at that point. There was no paint on the walls. It was just like a white room. Um, and I think he slept with an air mattress in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's what happened was I, I met, you know, i am not met, but like my family friend came down. He was pursuing music. And then a couple of his friends came to hang out and kind of more and more musicians started coming through and like kind of a cool young crowd. Yeah. And we did the first, the first like five shows, I think were all Corey Harper playing just to help promote his music. And so the shows started going and then basically I followed all that momentum. I followed like this group of young people and I was like, okay, they're, they're cool. They're attracting the right kind of vibe into this space. And then February, 2016, we're like, okay. This is actually Winston House. This space is is, is
1: Winston House. It's, we're gonna do this thing here. So, was there a particular <laughs> moment that you realized that you, <clears throat> that you could do this for a living, like that you had something special? Um, I
2: think that I kind of go into everything like pretty naive, mm. and so I thought from. I thought from day one before day one that like this was going to be the thing. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I thought, I thought rally song was going to be a thing before that. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, you know, like learned hard lessons and it wasn't the thing. And so I just, and that, and that was really, really hard on me for a while, by the way, because I was like, <clears throat> even through 2015, I would say I was getting going. I had like this like, like chip on my shoulder and kind of like mental anguish of like this thing that I had felt so attached to. Mm-hmm. And I had steered off course. Um, Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, but I, I always, I, I felt like it was going to be the thing from day one and I, I didn't take it, I didn't take a job or anything. I was just like finding a way to make it work.
1: So, I mean, that's an interesting thing to kind of realize about yourself that you, that yeah. you, that you tend to like think from the beginning, right? And you call it naive. I think it's, you know, optimism. Yeah. But, na- naive optimism. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I guess I wonder, like, for some people, you know, you have that feeling with Rally Song and it mm-hmm. doesn't work out, that might stop them from then doing the next thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Because, you know, you wouldn't, like, you could take the lesson from that. Well, then, that, like, that's not, <laughs> that's you not know, me. That's not yeah. me, right? Yeah. And so, why why didn't, why didn't you?
2: Probably makes a bunch of stuff, man. Like it's a, uh, it's part ego. Like uh, I'm competitive. I like care what think people think about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be, I want to succeed at the things that I do. Yeah. Uh, it's part mission driven. Like, I you know I went into something like rallies on I me. Mean, like I want to find a way to like, help. I want to be responsible for like a billion dollars being raised for important causes. Yeah. And and I actually started to. And I still have, uh, you know, ambitions on that same level, but I started to make it, I started to do less, like, number-driven goals and more, like, people-driven goals. And Mm -hmm. so, and I think, so, like, that, basically, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, here's, like, a mission I have for my life. Yeah. uh, Made it possible for me to, like, kind of bounce back and say, these are just the types of things I do. This is who I am. Yeah. On this planet. Yeah. Um, And that's, and again, that's part, like, you know, like, the a symptom of being a millennial and having uh you know, the the blessing of living like when you do now. Sure. I I I forget who the author was, but he said this thing like uh he's like every every millennial says like, I want to change the world, but the problem is is they have this big capital I Mm -hmm. at the beginning of it right prefacing the the actual change. Yeah. And that resonated with me from from some of the stuff I was doing it was like putting putting myself first. Uh Um and I, and I truly think that, again, I've still, still got, like, a lot of ego and the desire for me to be the person. But mm-hmm. uh, Winston House was an opportunity to kind of, like, switch that narrative and just be, like, like other people first, service-oriented.
1: So you say um, you, you care what people think about you, which I think I can relate to. It. I think we all can. Yeah. Um, what do you want people to think about you?
2: Yeah. I like... I want people to think that I, I do things for a little bit different reasons than everyone else. Like, frankly, like, uh, specifically in music, like, I like that Winston House came from a spot of not saying, oh, we're going to get into the music industry or mm-hmm. we're going to get into entertainment. It was built on um, this, like, community and helping others first and then it kind of happened outside the industry. So, yeah, like, I, I, I like being, uh, like, both perceived that way and spending my time in a different way where people like say like, Oh yeah, this is happening for a little bit different reasons. Yeah. Um, I want people to think that I'm like thoughtful and a good listener. Like, uh, I've, I know that something that annoyed a lot of people when I first came down here is I was so confident and I thought my ideas mattered so much that I, sure. uh, yeah, I was like kind of ready to shove them down people's throat, but yeah. now I'm a little more reserved and will I think I sit back and listen more. Um, and then, uh, ultimately, like, I, I want to be known as, like, a winner, too. I want to be known as someone that, like, has an idea mm-hmm. and uh, sees it through to fruition because I, one of my favorite, probably my favorite part about all this is, like, the people that I meet and on, like, an increasing level, I'm just, like, it's so cool that I'm going to meet this group of people yeah. and do things with them and I want to do more of that and I want to be the person that people know they can come to mm-hmm. to help make, like, their ideas happen or that they want to confide in about things. Yeah. And so I like, I like being that guy for sure. It's like, I guess like a trusted resource.
1: Okay. What's the, um, so how big is, is the vision for Winston house? Cause you know, I know you're sounds like your, your personality is you want to do big things. And I know that, um, you know, you're raising money and you're, yeah. there's, you know, at the same time, <clears throat> you know, right now there's, there's one townhouse in Venice. So right. Yeah. How, how big is this going to get?
2: Well, I guess this comes back to the part where in my head it's been a bigger thing from from day one and even like right now like um, it's kind of, I guess kind of the same thing you said you know you're like oh yeah like you you you, you came and you came here and then you left telling people about it mm-hmm. and every single day I get that from people and so I know that the Winston House name um has spread. Yeah. And I think that's because the environment that we've created. If it was just a living room of music happening, that would not be happening. But yeah. I think there's an energy of like, um, like I don't want to call it other than like, I got this like, like pay it forward mentality that's mm-hmm. been created uh, because of how it started from day one. Like just like giving a couch because when I first came to LA, someone gave me a couch. Yeah. yeah. This is the
0: Winston House. Welcome. Jasmine Thompson, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> hey now, hey now don't... But it can break
2: and that's just been passed on person to person to person to person. And then involved into the shows um, where it's like, cool, given opportunities, other people have given me opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I want to keep that idea core to what we do and have, like, a very service-based mentality. And, uh, I, yeah, I, w- I want to create the most influential youth culture brand mm. in the world. And I think the path to do that is, is like, service-based mm-hmm. and then finding, like, the right, uh, the right, I don't know what to call it, like, mechanism to help grow it quickly. And so how we're going to be approaching that is we think the big opportunity is is content on Facebook. We think it's a way to keep helping artists because they need to uh they need to get their stuff into the world Mm -hmm. and that doesn't matter if you're a brand new artist or the biggest artist in the world you have to do that in unique ways you have to keep doing that and and then uh you know it's it's also like a uh i guess there's like a a business model there (laughs) and so yeah so I, i guess simply put like you know like I guess we, we didn't get into this, we kind of jumped it, but like Winston House is uh, a media business. Mm-hmm. And the, the space that we see is that there's cord cutting is happening. Young people aren't buying TVs. TV and content consumption are going to continue to go through the roof, especially with video over yeah. the next 10 years. Yeah. Advertisers are going to spend their money there. And I, I look at like the, like the music space and I was like, man, who's like the, the new, who's creating a new brand right now? In that world, that's video and digital first, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and there's there's probably a few people trying to do it. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the space we're getting into. So I want to take like all the values, the lifestyle, the whole experience of what we've created here, the audience you have started to create here, take all that online, mm-hmm. um, and ten years from now, you know, want to be reaching millions, and millions of people every single day, um, with like educating, or I guess educational, inspiring, entertaining content, hmm. and I want to use that business to continue to uh, finance or underwrite the ability to open up these spaces that we give away to the creative community. Oh, cool. And so that was that was the concept for Winston House. Was not, it's like, let's flip the sand on his head. We don't need a membership model mm-hmm. to fund these spaces, but if we can instead like help artists and return, do things with them to grow a brand online and grow this this big thing, we'll yeah. keep using that business and right opening these spaces. And the spaces have business value in that they keep us involved in like real time culture and building real relationships on a grassroots level, building audience on a grassroots level, mm-hmm. but also just contribute real value to artists, big and small, because safe space is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a place where you can go on, on a consistent basis is important because there's just like. It's, uh, I mean it's, it's an obvious thing it's been, it's been passed down like through of years of uh, tradition through anything from again churches to schools to mm-hmm. corporations like there's these social constructs that are created that allow people to connect with other humans Sure. and I just think like those, uh, the real problem we're solving at the core of this whole thing is like cool, let's provide that space yeah. because no one else is and, and that's like a necessity for humans to be able to connect to other humans in that kind of environment
1: yeah that's cool, again, it's so, like, counter, um, so, uh, you know, I could pick apart so many things you said that are, like, counter to what, to where the trends are going. Sure. Which I think is awesome that, you know, what, as you said, like, this need exists because the trend is to move away from physical space, right, whether it's in the workplace or in the, or in, you know, the churches or, or in uh, business, right, mm-hmm. that as more business moves online, physical space becomes maybe that much more valuable.
2: Absolutely, I think I think a lot of physical spaces are, are, uh, the in the tension that they're being used are decreasing in value, right. which leaves, out leads, like space for other, uh, other you know physical locations to rise up and. I mean, there's there's really like obviously the biggest example out there is like a WeWork where, mm-hmm. um, they. They, they've really capitalized in a specific way on the whole Absolutely. of the freelance uh, culture. Um, and and honestly, I, I think there's really a business there for someone that wants to come in and create more of like a paid membership model mm-hmm. around physical spaces that are smaller than a sew house and not like as um, elite to the creative industry as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, get involved in neighborhoods. So yeah. it's bigger than a Starbucks, smaller than a sew house, and more kind of like community-minded. Yeah. Um, and have some sort of a membership model. I think, I think there is
1: something there still. It's just not what we're doing. Right. Uh, Yeah, sure. So, you know, you mentioned this started, you know, with with friends and Corey and, and this very organic thing. mm -hmm. Um, you know, and now you have, you've had Ed Sheeran, you've had, you know, Mm ASAP Ferg, you've had a bunch of big acts. Yeah. Um, was there a point like that, how'd you make that jump? And and how do you do that and still preserve the kind of the
2: essence of the community? We made the jump in February, 2016 because again, Corey Harper, the first artist to be a part of Winston house had become friends with Justin Bieber, I think by way of Cody Simpson. Mm. And, uh, I think Cody was actually living here at the time. Um, and, uh, yeah. So in, Bieber basically came to hang out and liked hanging out and said, can I play?
0: <laughs>
2: so he was like, kind of the, f- there's like a lot of, um, buzz that came along with that. I'm sure. And uh, so that, that was a crossover moment. So just um, take a second on that because,
1: yeah. you know, the traditional business mind is going to say, well, you know, Justin Bieber makes a million dollars to play a show at, you know, Dodger Stadium or whatever. Right. right? Like if you're in his head, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to play in a guy's living room for a hundred people?
2: Man, I mean, I think so many reasons. Like, we always want what we don't have. Mm. Um, I think it's I think it's hard for someone like Justin to find a space where he's not being like fanboyed, yeah. and where he can sing without pressure, yeah, because um, it really was just like a house party at that point. Mm-hmm. That how ha- everyone it was just house party to me. I already had this bigger vision for it, sure. and, but uh, so yeah, I, th- I think I think it was that. Um, I forget the quote that he, that he said, but like, I, I think he just was stoked that it was like, um, you know, all about like, yeah, just like friends and music. He's like, and yeah, I forget what he said, but it was kind of just like, oh yeah, this is what it's all about. Like, this is
1: like the environment that I want. Um, so there's also something though, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but you didn't ask him to play. No. He asked you to play.
2: That, and that's actually how I was going to answer your second question okay. about how you, um, allowed a keep bringing big artists in and keep the thing that made it special at the beginning intact Yeah. is, uh, how people are brought in is important. Mm. Um, and so there's times where we've made, I'll say like compromises to get a certain name in and they've, they haven't come through the route of like, um, either like wanting to be there Mm -hmm. for the right reasons or their team wanting them to be there for the right reasons or a friend of theirs wanting to be there for the right reasons. There's a few examples of that, but A lot of the artists that have played have happened kinda of more organically like that. Um and so Yeah. And so I, I think that that's like an important thing and um, in some ways our Thursday night shows are becoming something they were never meant to be. And i started to realize that they kinda we kinda need to let them do that in order to grow Winston House. Interesting. But I think the important thing is acknowledging that they're becoming something that's different than the original intent. Yeah. And creating programming, at once now, so it's that's still that, that basically provides what that original what the shows used to provide.
1: I mean that's like that's such a huge, that's such a huge lesson, because I think every business you know I've I've owned you know, a couple businesses, and everyone I know that's that's owned businesses. Yeah, there are times when what you're doing becomes different than what it was before. Yeah. And I think that the natural response is to kind of like rationalize it. to Kind of like either either not notice it, right? Or to kind of say, well, yeah, it's different, but... And you can like write up a bunch of excuses mm-hmm. yeah. for why it makes sense. And, and so what you just said that, hey, you have to let it happen. And maybe in some cases you don't, but you have to decide in, in whether this, or not it's going to happen.
2: By the way, what is coming, what those shows are becoming is awesome. It's just different. And so, and we have to let it happen in order to sustain what we're doing too. So describe
1: the difference. I,
2: I would say the difference is that the the shows are becoming, it's become such a, like a a hyped thing that a lot of so many people desire to come to. Sure. That some people do show up for different reasons other than that original intent. And it's more of kind of like an event and like a, a moment. Yeah. And, and and there's still a lot of what was, what happened before is where you know everyone comes in through a friend, mm-hmm. and people are here hanging out, meeting people beforehand. So like that that's still there, but yeah, it just it just feels different because. Like the shows used to be like it used to be a lot easier to know every person. Right. Um, and to be more involved in the lives of those people, that right. I think that's the big thing is that. Yeah. the shows early on the shows like were kind of like almost like our version of Sunday church but mm-hmm. you're not involved in the church if you're not involved in those people's lives right. uh, day in and day out Yeah. and there's just a lot of people who come through and I just, we're not involved in their lives in that sure. way and so, so I always I guess the last point I'll make is I always want the core of Winston House to be um, a, a small group of creatives and small by the way can mean like a few thousand people at some point mm-hmm. but a small group of creatives that we're finding ways to serve and support. Um, and one of the ways I want to do that is through events so they can come to and meet like-minded people. Yeah. And we want to build up more ways that we support them for free. But, um, yeah, it's so like the, the shows have become more of like an event and like a showcase type thing.
1: So then what's the... So then you said you're, you're creating other things to kind of serve that need. So what, what kind of thing?
2: Uh, it's, it's things that can exist without the... Pressure of, uh, like event production and needing to deliver. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's such a simple thing, but it's like just inviting people over and hanging out Mm -hmm. and putting in the work to get a lot of those people over and not just being like, Hey, like a couple buddies are playing video games. Right. So it's more than that. But yeah, yeah, so it's like, it's creating an environment where there's not the, the pressure and like that excitement around the moment. It's just like, yeah, friends, friends hanging out and providing that on a weekly basis. The consistency is the really important part because yeah, that's great. I, I think that L.A. is a very isolating mm-hmm. uh, city. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy, like, as a young creator to not have much money being, like, you're sleeping on a friend's couch or being in, like, some apartment. And literally, like, where would you go to meet other folks? And so, like, the, we're, and we're we're only helping like, a very small percentage of those people. And my whole thing has been, that, like, that's that's fine, like a really creative and talented and kind of unique group of those people Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully by investing in them they'll pay it forward it'll be spread and uh, yeah yeah.
1: so uh, and you still live here yeah and you got people crashing here from time to time whatever or all the time yeah you probably woke someone up with my talking what's the downside of doing this uh, out of your own house Uh,
2: downsides well, first off, this is an amazing, like, thing to be a part of and to live at. And so, like, there's, there's definitely like, it's a little, it's a very absurd existence in some ways to, to live in Madison yeah. House with the amount of people that come through, with the fact that we do the shows that we do, yeah, the fact that like, where people are coming through that I like, you know, only would have dreamed of meeting. Um,
1: it's funny when you say it that way. Like, I don't think of it as Soho House. I think of it as Playboy Mansion.
2: Right, and there's. There's, I don't know, in, I guess in these kind of talks, I always try to use analogies that like help or make sense. I would never mention like Sew House or Playboy or anything like that in any of our marketing. Like, sure, I, I like that right now, even though we have this idea for future houses or future like bigger spaces, I like that right now that it's it's my house and my friends. We don't have members. We have, we have our friends yeah. and we have like community people that we're, we're helping out and so... Yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's so many awesome things about it, and I'd say the downsides for me have been, um, you know, there, there's, like, the obvious small things where, like, someone will start playing guitar at 2 a.m. and not thinking, like, oh, there's someone to sleep upstairs right. um, or start playing drums or something. Yeah. There's small things that have been, like, frustrating. I feel like it's probably, like, having kids in some way. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah, of um, course. But, uh, actually, it's for sure, like, because I remember, like, growing up where I would, like, be, like, watching TV, too, and my dad was, like, what are you doing, like, the TV's heard through the whole house, i so yeah. turn, turn that off. Yeah. Um, So there's small things, I think the hardest part about all of it, um, I'll say two things. With this, you know, there's an eight month span where like I was, we were just literally getting by every month to like pay the rent. We didn't have like an, an actual investor and partner yet, you know, that changed when the group called shareability got involved. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that was an eight month span there where I was just like waking up with horrible anxiety every day. And honestly, I still, I still have some of like the, some of that like with me from that period of time. It was just like yeah. very, very stressful. I cared about keeping this thing going so much, but didn't, I felt pretty powerless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of ironic to have created this like community space and then feeling like very isolated and, yeah. and stressed yeah. because of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was, that was one. And the other I think I'd say is that it's weird in a space that's both my house and my brand and this brand that thrives off of curation too. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I, so I actually walk around a lot of times. It, this has been more in the past. We've kind of transitioned past this now as I've been able to hire and create some more like, I guess like a different way of approaching what we do. But for, I was actually, I would, I went through this period of time where I, I walk around like Venice or LA where I brought up Winston House someone in the circle would know it and they would immediately say, I want to come. Yeah. Which, which is amazing, by the way. That's that's really, really cool of to course. have that. Yeah. But it's also like, I get overwhelmed by the amount of people want to come and I still handle invites, like, through myself. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, it was kind of a weird feeling of, like, walking around and not wanting to, like, invite people to my house <laughs> and not want no, to talk sure. about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the reality is, right, is only so many people are going to fit in here. And... and, and that's that's to, all it is, yeah. Right? And so...
2: We, we, we started with an everyone's welcome mentality. Uh-huh. Um, and that that's still still exists, but then, yeah, there's, there's four walls. Yeah, and, there's realities, uh, for sure. Yeah. No, I
1: can see that. I can see that. Yo, if you're feeling this um, uh, media mogul in the making type of story, uh, you might want to check out back in the Rebel Radio Archives. Uh, last year, I talked to GJ Ski who's the founder of Dash Radio. Um, If you didn't know, Rebel Radio is also featured weekly on Dash Radio, you can get over to dashradio.com, check out their many, many channels, mix shows, all different DJs, there's talk radio, there's everything uh, everything you might like, including Rebel Radio. And uh, Ski gives us some great lessons on how he's building his empire. Good stuff there uh, after you finish this one, of course. So, you know, you mentioned some of the challenges. What – is there something you do uh, to protect your own mental health?
2: Yeah. Um, I'd say that they happen in phases, but, like, um, playing games helps you a lot. And by, and by the way, like what I mean by that is, like, kicking a soccer ball, mm. like a – Harper actually got, in his new spot down the street, has FIFA, which I used uh-huh. to play way too much FIFA in college, <laughs> and literally, like, going over there, playing, like, a couple games of FIFA at night has been okay. game-changing for me. Yeah. Um, leaving Venice, like, for for Malibu, I feel like it's mm. like, a pretty stereotypical L.A. move now, but, uh, yeah, I go up to Malibu, to our friend's yeah. house up there, and, like, just get away. Um, yeah, I'd say those those kind of things. And, and also, I'd say this, like, maybe the most important thing out of has less about what happens away from the work and more what happens with the work mm. is just bringing like an incredible level of focus to the work yeah. and being really clear about the things that I want to accomplish. Because yeah. if I do that and I don't really worry about the rest of stuff, then my sanity is way better. But if I'm like worried about all the stuff that's happening, all the things you need to get done, I'm not organized. Yeah. That's when things like, it's not fun and it's like yeah. stressful.
1: Absolutely. All right, before we wrap up, I have like a little lightning round. that I want to go through. Um, So what are you most excited about in life right now? Growth. Yeah, 100%. Like I want, you know, we're
2: wrapping up this investment round and I'm excited about almost for the first time it's like being really aggressively focused on growth. I think I understand our brand and where we can create value and uh, yeah, I want to kind of take a take a swing and, like, turn it into a big thing as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah. What one decision comes to mind that changed your life forever?
2: Uh, When I was... I I put $5,000 on a credit card to go to Summit Series Mm. based on an introduction from John Richards at KXP Radio to Jeff Rosenthal, the founder of Summit. Yeah. After graduating college, I didn't have the money, but I put the money on my credit card... I went to Summit Outside, went from being a college student that the knew nobody to, like, having my mind blown by, like, oh, there's all these, like, smart people doing things. Yeah. And was fortunate to have a few of them kind of take me under their wing. Andrea Lake, Ryan Bethay. And literally Andrea Lake the first night sent a text to a guy named Sam Salisbury uh, who was down in L.A. And at that point, I still didn't really, I knew nobody. And Sam's, like, because of how, like, positive he is. He just knows so many folks. He was artist relations at Bandpage and knew people in music. Cool. A week after someone outside I took a one-way flight to LA. I was living in Seattle at the time and uh, that was the the beginning of me coming down here. Mm. And that was the most important decision because I feel like it kind of was like the first step in me like like becoming a man outside yeah. of the protection of like college and my family and, uh, and so... Yeah, like taking that risk and coming down here, and I love all of. Uh, I have so many amazing friends in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. but for like what I want to do, I have to be down here, you know. Okay. And so there's all the people that I want to be doing that stuff with are here, and so that was that was a crucial decision to like, like, put that money on a credit card, and not not worry about
1: that side of it, and nice. Um, yeah,
2: so I'd say that one. That's awesome.
1: Um, hey, so complete the sentence. I don't have talent. I have. Blank Friends. It's <laughs> good.
2: Talented what? talented friends. Okay. What what what's what's the quote by the guy uh, um, he he says like if you like it's it's basically talking about how it's hard to find like talented people or find stars because, like if he's like if you like walk slowly enough and are like you know like really patient you, you might just stumble into one. Oh, right. um, That's good. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I probably just butchered the quote. Um, but uh, it, was, it was something along the lines of, idea. like, yeah, like, I feel like I have so many insanely talented people around me, and I and I, I like to take the role of, like, almost like a, I'm not, I'm not a music manager, but, like, kind of yeah. thinking like a manager. is Like, how do I help, like, push these people and develop them and what they're doing? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say, like, talented friends um, <laughs> and, like, kind of giving a damn about what happens to them. Is, uh, is is the best thing
1: that's great what talent or skill how have you always wished you had more of? i wish
2: that i was great at skateboarding okay <laughs> yeah skateboarding that's appropriate for
1: living in venice
2: yeah skateboarding and soccer to me are like my two favorite sports okay. like, they're so like beautiful to watch and like skateboarding is just like the coolest thing yeah. I'm around incredible skaters all yeah, the time. Of um, but yeah, I'd say skateboarding.
1: So if I worked for Winston house, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Give me coffee. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I think that, uh, I think hundred percent of the thing that people hear me say is, uh, like, like we're here to support artists. Yeah. Like, uh, um, And it's, it's such a simple thing and you hear so many people say like, you know, we're here to support, but it's like a, I don't know, like I, I think I read something even recently, like with a Sarah Newkirk from, from a WME where she just, she's like, yeah, the most important thing to remind our team is like, we're in the service industry, Mm -hmm. we're here to support. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a really good mentality. And I actually learned it from a friend in Portland uh, who had an agency up there where they're a creative agency. But his whole thing is like we're in the hospitality business. Mm-hmm. He's like we're here to take care of people, yeah. and if we build great relationships, then uh, we'll get to do we'll get to do great work with them. Yeah. His name's Dustin Evans. But uh, nice. Um, so yeah, I, I have to remind people that like
1: we're here to serve. That's great. Who would you be most excited to learn was a fan of what you're doing? Tom York, Radiohead. Nice,
2: because I, th- I think we actually have a chance of Radiohead being a fan of us at some point, because. I think our brand is like more kind of like middle of the road pop mm-hmm. and, and, and all that um, but I think that he uh, would like like the service side of it and like the, the activism side of what we do Yeah. and so yeah I think Tom York because he's known as like a very critical person and I love his music so mm. if, yeah if Tom York liked what we were doing that'd be tight
1: that's cool what's your favorite city to travel to?
2: home Ben Oregon Okay. Yeah, my parents live in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, they've lived there ever since my brother finished college a couple years ago. It's not only it's it's home, and it's also an incredible place. Like anything you'd want to do outside is there. Yeah. My dogs there.
1: Nice. Um, yeah, Bend, Oregon. That's cool. So I noticed you have great books uh, all around you. I'm a big fan of Stephen Covey and and some of these others. Um, what's the last great book you read?
2: actually here's a good one uh just because it, it just popped in my head it's and it's a bit of a surprising one it's, i feel like not that many people have heard of it mm. but do you know ken Cragen? who that is no ken craigen is like legendary music manager had one of the biggest entertainment manager companies in the 80s yeah. like lionel richie um the bgs like, yeah so many bands kenny rogers um And he's he's the guy behind We Are the World and Hands Across America. You know these massive pop culture humanitarian moments. Yeah, and so he's amazing guy. He's raised hundreds of millions of dollars for causes, and um, I've you know been lucky enough to like be a friend of his and like friend be kind of a mentor of mine. And uh, he wrote a book um, called uh, Life Is a Contact Sport. And so much like just like practical knowledge in that book. Yeah. And then on top of that, knowing Ken personally, knowing that all the things in that book he just talks about endlessly, it was like a pretty powerful thing. Um, So yeah, life is a contact sport and I love sports analogies. I'm going to read that. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I I have a copy upstairs. I'll give it to you. Cool. Yeah. What movie do you think you've seen the most in your life?
2: Probably something like really cheesy in bags. it's like you're at yeah. a hotel on the road and <laughs> it comes on. It always is. Um, yeah, I love... I don't know, like... I've seen Finding Nemo quite a few times. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's actually yes, things that I want to be better at. I, I have some friends that just have such a good memory for remembering like book titles and remembering lines from movies and things like that. Uh-huh. I am not that guy. No. I'll, I'll, I've stumbled through like 10 quotes in this interview. <laughs> so yeah, like, I, I would say that like... I I love to have a, a better memory for those things, but, okay. uh, but yeah. So I, I think I think I've watched Finding Nemo a fair amount of times. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, and then last one is uh, your favorite DJ or live show you've ever seen. Can I give a few answers? Yeah. Um,
2: Arcade Fire, hundred percent. Like they're probably my favorite band, and the song Tunnels is my favorite song ever. Cool. And uh, and so seeing them live was incredible. I've seen him live a few times. Have you seen them? No. Yeah, they're they're insane. It's like a... They're, they're just such a unique experience, and it's yeah. so powerful. So, like, I love Arcade Fire. Um, seeing Edward Sharp for the Ooh. first time, where I had no idea who he was, it ended up at a show where everyone knew all the words. Um, That's cool. And he it's such, like, a feel-good vibe. Saw Rainbow Kitten Surprise this year um, at Sasquatch, and that was unbelievable. They're like a relatively new band but they just crushed it and everyone was there. Mm-hmm. Like it was the smallest stage at Sasquatch and most of the time there's not that many people there. But the, sure. Uh, the only other time I'd seen that many people there was like before Hosey Air blew up. I saw him like kind of before he took his rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen him twice. I've seen him at Sasquatch and I've seen him at Winston House. Nice. Um, and uh, so yeah Rainbow Kid Surprise is amazing. I saw him there and the last one is 21 Pilots. Oh cool. That was... I probably love that feeling. That was like the sickest show I've ever been to, and that was this year as well. Because I I don't listen to them that much, but it it, their music's amazing. Actually, Mm. like I I get like I feel like a lot of people like to hate on them for whatever reason. I don't know why, but um, the way they like mix like like glam pop and like rapping and reggae. And the songs are just so catchy, and it's two yeah. dudes, and it's so entertaining. And yeah. they seem like amazing people. Like, I, I there are people I would like love
1: to have involved in Winston House. Like, nice. like, they seem like the right vibe. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for doing this, man. This was uh, eye, eye-opening. A lot of great lessons. I appreciate it. For sure, man. Thank it's you. Fun. I appreciate it. Yo, that was Corey McGuire, founder of Winston House. I hope you enjoyed that. I really like talking to Corey. He's a good dude. He's building a great brand. Make sure you follow along. Um, on his progress make sure you stay in touch with rebel radio hit us on twitter at rebel radio net facebook you can check our youtube page and uh, most importantly come back next week for more rebel radio peace